0: I think where the ink uh, magazine recognized us is we did a lot of things differently from the industry. That's yep, not typical. It's so easy to kind of get into that routine. And we, we, we decided not to do that and we decided to completely go against the grain and uh, really be different essentially.
1: Yeah. Hi, I'm Adam Chatley, and this is the Beauty Business Podcast. It's a podcast for people who run a beauty or wellness business. Basically, if you provide treatments or services for your clients, then it's for you. Now, whether you're a skincare expert, a lash technician, a massage therapist, esthetician, permanent makeup artist, waxing specialist, whatever your area of expertise, if you'd like to have more prospects, more leads and more clients than you can handle, and if you'd like to be making more money whilst having more fun than you think should be legal, well, you're in the right place. So whether you're starting out or you've been in the industry for years, I'm going to be giving you the lowdown on the tools, strategies, techniques and systems That will help you. Plus, I'll be offering some inspiration and philosophization to ensure you start having more fun. And more importantly, you're making more money in your beauty business as quickly as possible. We're proud to now have over 1 million downloads worldwide and hundreds of five-star ratings and reviews. This is the podcast specifically for independent beauty business owners. So if you want to check out all the episodes, the guides, the downloads, the links, and the giveaways, or you want to say hello and maybe ask a question, just head to beautybusinesspodcast.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Select whichever one of those best applies to you where you are right now. I just wasn't sure when you were going to listen to this episode, so I thought I'd cover all bases. Now, I... Don't think I can recall it ever happening that someone has come to me and gone, Adam, I want to fill my salon or my spa or my clinic with amazing clients so I can have a business that I love. But you know what? I really don't care very much about their experience. I mean, that'd be crazy, right? I don't imagine many places would stay in business for very long if that was their attitude. So I think we can all agree that your client's experience with you is pretty darn important. But with everything else that you've got to work on, that you've got to take care of, that you've got to consider, I also think it's safe to say that it never quite gets that attention that it deserves or that you'd indeed like it to. So what would happen if instead you decided to make your guest experience the number one top of the list comes before everything else priority in your business. What if you focused on that above everything else? What difference would that make to your business? Well, wonder no more, because today I would like you to meet Amy and Nissen Migirova from Emma Justin Salon in Louisville, as the uninitiated will call it, or Louisville if you've ever been corrected by local, but Kentucky in the USA, who made their guest experience their focus to such an extent. That they've been recognized for it not once but twice recently in a pretty major way. Now I'm going to let them tell you a little bit more about that and how that actually happened and what those achievements were but needless to say along with that recognition it's meant that they've got an incredibly busy thriving salon full of clients who they love and who love them back and now they're reaping the rewards. So while so many salon owners, clinic owners, spa owners, that I'm seeing right now out there are seeing a bit of a dip in their client numbers at the moment, as you know, everything is happening in the world and searching for that thing that's gonna bring their clients back and bring in new clients again, just maybe making your client the number one focus in your business, in everything in and around your business, just maybe the answer. So here to explain how they did it and how you might do it too, here is both the creative side, Amy, and the business analytical side, Nissan, of this wildly successful independent salon. If you want to start making an impact in your business today, then you really should follow my three-step seven day booking boost strategy. Now before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you've taken the opportunity to grab yourself a copy of my incredibly popular, entirely free and very useful ebook, which lays everything out for you. Now it's now been downloaded by thousands of beauty business owners worldwide and I get emails every week about how it's helped transform businesses from those starting out to those that you know, had got a bit stale. It's called the seven day booking boost. And it's quite simply three things that if you follow diligently for seven days, will start to deliver a massive change in your appointments and bookings. Now we've judged it all up a bit. So it's brand new. It's a spangly edition. But most importantly, it's specifically written for beauty and wellness business owners and operators just like you. Now, everything in there will take you just 15 minutes a day, ideally the first 15 minutes of your day, and will increase your reach, simplify and amplify all of your marketing efforts. Now, this in turn will bring you more bookings, more clients, and naturally, along with that, more of that all-important money that we all want more of as well. Now, it underpins everything I teach to all of my one-to-one coaching clients, and I'd like to share it with you. So if you want a very short, effective strategy and a checklist to give your bookings a boost starting today, go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash boost, B-O-O-S-T, or click the link in the episode description and download your copy with my compliments today. Okay, so I want to welcome to the show today, uh, Nissen and Amy, I should have probably asked you this before, is it Mirigirov?
0: Very close,
1: Migirov. Migirov I should have checked with that before but I'm glad we got that right and we got that to... so welcome to the show. Um it's it's lovely to have you along. Now, uh, we're talking today we're talking today about a couple of things but specifically we're talking about kind of leaning really into guest experience and how that has helped you guys stand out. But before we get onto that topic, could you give us kind of the the two minute kind of background of kind of where you started out? what your journey has been a little bit like and uh, some of those kind of highlights along the way.
2: Yeah. So um, we opened Emma Justine Salon um, a little over four years ago. Uh, yep. And in my background, I um, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, USA, <laughs> as I call it. Um, and I went to hair school right out of high school, right at 18. And um, I've kind of been a little bit of everywhere. I've been in a privately owned salon um, as a commission stylist. And then I went into a corporate salon as a commission stylist. And then I went into booth rental for a couple of years and then into ownership um, directly after that. Um,
1: so cool.
0: yeah, a little bit of- Got kind of it, done it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my background is, um, yeah, I come from a corporate background, uh, completely different environment. <laughs> you know, I want to know about beauty and fun and you know, being casual, casual being fashionable, um, kind of more energetic uh, type of environment uh, mm-hmm. in the salon compared to a corporate environment, it's completely different. I, I, you know, I so so we're two different careers uh, at first, but now we're here together.
1: And I love that. And that's why I wanted to get you both on, because what I love around this topic is we're very much going to get the kind of creative side of input from Amy and and then the business side and how that's Kind of led you as well, uh, Nissan in in that side of things. Now, um, obviously, one of the big things that we've got to mention, you guys have won two incredible awards uh, in your time. Um, do you want to just because I'll get I'll get them wrong? Just do you just want to tell me about the awards and how how those came about?
0: Yeah, so um, I, I can talk a little bit about the uh, award that we got for the des- design of the salon, and then maybe Amy yep. you can speak a little bit about the uh, Ink Award. Yeah, cool. so uh, the, the the award that we got for uh, the National Distinguished Salon of the Year uh, recognition is, uh, it was it was through a publication called Salon Today, which is one of like mm-hmm. the leading publications in the United States.
1: I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big award. That is a big deal to be singled out for that in the whole of the, the US. So yeah, well done. I mean, kind of a round of applause on that one. So go on, tell us more how that, that how that happened.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we were, we, it was, it was very humbling to receive it because there's so many awesome salons out there, especially, you know, we're in Louisville, Kentucky, but if you think about Laguna beach, California, you, you think about Manhattan salons, you think of all these, um, you know, um, high-end places where uh, it's, it's hard to compete with something like that, you know, but uh, to be recognized uh, uh, for the hard work we put into this, uh, property and the design of this salon it was it was pretty awesome um and really it was all about uh the details that we've put into the salon um hmm. and then also where it was compared to where it is now when we purchased the property um it was uh, an antique store that was uh pretty much abandoned uh for seven <laughs> years so um, and it was in a historic neighborhood which created additional challenges on top of it because there's a lot of red I can tape needing to, you know, remodel and, uh, get permission to do some changes. So we put a lot six months of just red tape. Um, and then after we settled on, uh, uh, you know, what they approved us for, then we began the construction and, um, the details is what really did it for us.
1: Cool. Okay. Why did you, why did you go for kind of converting a, a, a completely different type of business like that to sort of opening up, you know, buying an existing salon or something like that? <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, so just me and my mentality was like, I'm kind of one of those people that I'm like, well, if it doesn't work out, you know, maybe we should just rent or lease the place, you know. Um, but Nissan has a whole lot more faith than I did. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so um, and he also was like, well, it's, it's a better business move and better strategy to, to purchase rather than to rent um, or to lease. So, you know, we would definitely want to look into that first and um, you know, as I it took about 2 years, mm-hmm. I would say Oh wow. Uh, yeah, to find a place um that fit our needs and um our budget. So, um when we first saw this place, it was kind of like I have zero imagination of what this could possibly look like as a salon. I don't I don't think we're going to uh I don't think this is gonna work, you know. Um, but Nissan has all the imagination when it comes to um, renovating and design. Um, okay. You know, part of his background as well, and um, still some of his focus. So he saw kind of a treasure in the in the in the building, and it was it was not it was not cute when we bought it. Um, but it's cute
0: now. That's all it was actually scary when we bought it. Yeah. 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 I remember, you know, uh, showing, uh, my dad, the property, uh, after we purchased it, he walked in, I'm not exaggerating <laughs> when I say he lost about half of his hair that day because he thought it was the biggest mistake of yeah. all time. So, <laughs> um, but, but, you know, if, when we looked at other properties, um, they were either unaffordable, um, mm-hmm. or they weren't. Um, they they didn't have the potential. It, it, it was right. going to be just another salon, another uh, another property that doesn't really distinguish itself in any way. And but this property is first. It's in this cool neighborhood. Um, even though I knew there would be some challenges with the historic commission, mm-hmm. it's it's essentially located um, property. It's in, in it's in a really good neighborhood, and um, it would have its own private parking area. And I just knew it had oh, cool. such potential, you know. And so this is okay that that's kind of what really it it took some sacrifices It was you know we had to really (laughs) figure out a way to afford even the renovations but you know it was worth it
1: amazing and i guess it's created quite a unique space on its own because of what it was before you didn't you know you couldn't you know just blank canvas the whole thing you've had to kind of maybe kind of compromise on certain things which has maybe led to some creativity in how how it's ended up yeah
2: I feel like a lot of salons here, um, they have a very certain vibe, like it's very easy to get in that same routine of what all the other songs look like. Cause they're cute, yeah. you know, they yeah. look really nice. Yeah. Um, they're very warm, um, but we yeah. chose a little different vibe. And I think that attributes to like the uniqueness of, of our salon. It's not, um, kind of that warm country feel that a lot of salons mm-hmm. have. It's, it's very open, very bright, very light um and kind of cold honestly like it's it's not cold (laughs) as far as like how people view it but i'm just saying like it's not that
1: super old building yeah
0: Yeah, the colors that we chose the the colors of the cushions that we chose it has very cool tones to it instead of like typical warm like cozy tones
1: I'm, so, I'm sort of, you know, it's an audio podcast. I wish I could see some pictures now at this point of, of seeing it. Maybe, maybe we'll get some pictures from you. And we'll stick them on the show notes pages for people to have a look Perfect. at. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so the second award then, I mean, because obviously uh, the Salon Today uh, magazine, huge deal, important in the industry, but I mean, Inc. magazine, that's that's something else. So, well, tell us more about that award. Yeah. So we got the
2: um, best, what, what was it called? Best, best, work- best Workplace. Yeah. yeah. Best
1: Workplaces. Best awesome. Workplace. Best Workplace. That's top 500. huge, top
2: five hundred, yeah. yeah, and um, that was really, really nice for us because you know that starting out opening the salon that was really one of my goals, and it it didn't it wasn't easy to to, to get there, yep. you know. Um, having employees is not, you know, an easy part of the business and um, you want to make sure that you um, are trying to take care of everybody. So we really had to work to get to that point. Um, And so um, we're really happy about that.
0: And I think, too, what's interesting is we know we could do so much better. Mm -hmm. That's really what's interesting is we were recognized for the effort we've already put in. Mm -hmm. But then when you think about, wow, we can do so much better and we can change so many things to even uh, make the environment just a whole nother level. It really gives us a more of a motivation to know that we got to keep doing what we're doing. And a big part of that is, uh, I think where the Inc uh, magazine recognized us is we did a lot of things differently from the industry. That's not typical. It's so easy to kind of get into that routine. And we, we, we decided not to do that and we decided to completely go against the grain and Really be different, essentially.
1: Yeah. I mean, that shows a certain kind of mindset where you've won an award to single you out as being, you know, at the top of your game. And you go, hmm, how could we do better? (laughs) I love that. That's great. Okay. So a lot of what we, a lot of what you said, uh, you know, when we've talked before is, you know, you really decided to focus on a a differentiator for your business as being the guest experience and, and everything around that. And this really stands out and is fascinating to me because I think it's something that everyone would love to improve, but people don't really know almost where to start, what to affect, all those kind of things. Similar to like you're saying, it's it's very easy to fall into the same um, mold and trap of just doing the same as as everyone else because we know it works. So first of all, what made you decide that guest experience was where you were going to focus your attention or did it just kind of evolve?
2: So, um, you know, when we first opened, um, you know, we had a a completely different feel in the salon than Mm -hmm. um, most of the salons around us or, you know, pretty much all of the salons around us. Um, And as we got busier and busier, um, we, we started adding like little things, um, obviously like drinks and snacks, those little types of things. And then Mm -hmm. um, just kind of progressed a little bit more. And then as we, switch to a focus of just, um, complex color services and extensions, um, the, the ticket price goes up, right? So, um, with that comes a level of luxury and Mm -hmm. you can't have anything luxury without that experience. You know, you can do great work, but if your experience is bad, you'll probably not see that person, um, as much or (laughs) as often as you would like, or again, so, um, we had to level up kind of all around. Um, and that really started with our team, you know, kind of making sure that they knew what that means, because in today's age, a lot of, um, a lot of people don't even really know what a guest experience looks like. Um, yeah. You know, it's get in, get done, get out kind
0: of thing,
1: <laughs> get through as many people as possible. So that, yeah. that I, I want to dive into that bit uh, as well. So first of all, so you said it was led by deciding to specialize in the color um, that pushed the prices up. And then you went, well, we've got to raise the the service level to meet that. Did that then have another effect on pricing? So did you kind of go, well, price has gone up a bit. We need to raise our game. Oh, actually, that's going to need to raise prices. Did that kind of thing start to happen?
2: Absolutely. Um, you know. Right over time, I I think that every business has to reevaluate pricing, you know, at least on a yearly, on a yearly, you know, um, time, but also, you know, with what you're providing and how you're providing it, we've kind of analyzed over, um, it's been what, two and a half years since we, um, went to specialty only. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we had to, we've had to reevaluate I guess, twice since
0: then. Yeah, um, and, and we, yeah, and we do a lot of analytical um, uh, like research. Uh, we analyze a lot of data uh, to hmm. try and uh, make some sense to a decision that we're wanting to do. Because one thing is to want to make a decision. Okay, we need to introduce a liquor license and we want to offer champagne and wine. And you, it's great, but how do you put a number behind it. What does that equate to? What is that going to cost? What does it equate to the guest experience versus what is that going to equate to the average t- ticket, the rebooking rate? All these numbers um, connect at one point. you know. And so um, before we make any decision, we always put data behind it and we really analyze it so that when we make that decision, we know exactly what we're doing, what we're doing, how we're doing it, and what we're expecting out of it.
1: I love that. I mean you're talking my language there. Everything comes down to numbers with me. So I'm I'm curious as to how this kind of works. So it, Amy is it you who comes up with the ideas and then it gets kind of passed in this on for a sort of a sort of like evaluation process and then yeah okay we can do that. Is that kind of how it works?
2: Yeah, so when we first, when we first opened, um, it was mostly me and um, our salon manager, Adele, um, kind of just taking care of the majority of things, and then when we needed help with something or we needed to bounce ideas off of, of someone, it would be Nissan, because he was still working in the corporate world, um, so right. he wasn't here in the salon full-time, um, not to say that he didn't work on it. Just <laughs> yeah,
1: I imagine, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: But um, yeah, we did a lot of that, and then as the salon grew, is when Nissan really had to spend a lot more time on that sort of thing. Um, so, I mean, when I told him, okay, this is what we this is what we need to do. we we have to be specialty. Um, this is what you know what we needed where we need to go next, and he had to put all that together. Um, I'm I'm not terrible at numbers, and you know, prior to him um, leaving the corporate world and coming on board, you know, full time here at the salon. You know, I would do a lot of that and I would give him a rough draft and then he would put it into, you know, the spreadsheets. Right. Um, but now everything really, I count on him a lot for for all the, the numbers. So if I tell him what I want and he makes it happen.
0: I <laughs> love that's, that. that's that's exactly it. She, she tells me what her idea is and what her vision is. And then I figure out a like, way. how do we make that happen and what are the numbers look like? And to me, just like you, Adam, it's it's a spreadsheet. I live in the spreadsheet. It's always on my screen. Everything is back into a number, into a spreadsheet. And this is how I evaluate. You know, it's not about can we do it? It's when can we do it? And what would it take to get it done? And so Amy says, "I I want it to be this way. Okay, what would it take? And then this is where the data manipulation takes place. And we're like, okay, let's move this number here. Let's move this number here. Here's how we make it happen.
1: Oh, Nissan! We could geek out on spreadsheets all day long. By the sounds of it, yeah. I think this would be amazing. So that, I think that that works so so well. So there's the creative, and then there's the evaluation, and I think as a team, that works fantastically. So the next thing I want to dive into is is team. I, I've had a lot of conversations recently with clients, people about they they're struggling to get their team on board with you know a vision or a change of direction and uh, it's very easy to blame, you know, the, the, the current generation or something like that. I don't always feel it's, it's just like some brand new thing with the current generation, but obviously getting your team when they, are your team and they kind of show up for a job, um, getting them on board with doing something different is never easy. So, you know, what were, what were some of the things that you guys did to, to, to get your team along with you?
0: You know, I, I think, the, the 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 best decision we could have made is hiring the manager that we did. Because right. it really it, it really starts with the leadership team. And I think um without Adele, who's the salon manager, without Adele being there, she's kind of like the between Amy and Nissan, like I'm the numbers guy, Amy's division. Amy and Adele is the glue, and she's the one that kind of uh helps execute the vision you know and without her being fully involved in her seeing the vision seeing the numbers and understanding how to translate that to the team it would be very hard to do that so i think the key uh the key thing that really helped us is really having the right manager on board to help us execute uh the, the vision um so that's where i think where it started for us
2: yeah and you know it didn't come all at once either you know uh as I'm sure you yeah. um it it took a lot of kind of learning on on our part and making sure that we were adaptive um
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know I wanted to dig my heels in sometimes and be like no this is how it should be and and he like now we gotta you know do this we got to do that and then you know I, I kind of like swayed as as needed um but it just takes so much adaptability um I think in this industry, especially, but all industries, you know, to kind of learn how to create a, a culture, you know, in, in your salon. Oh,
1: um, yeah.
0: Or any totally. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, absolutely.
0: I, I think too, it's 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 a never-ending process, you know. Um, it's we're constantly uh, it reevaluate: Are we doing things the right way? Are we doing things? Are we balanced? Um, and what else can we do to continue to kind of push ourselves? And I think it's the, it's a constant revaluation. We could be great now, you know. Uh, in the next six months, something could change, and now we have to reevaluate, you know. And so it's constantly kind of be, being on top of your game and um, understand that you need to change sometimes with, as the industry changes. And also, you know,
2: there are seven um, other service providers besides, besides myself, right? So mm-hmm. seven. Service providers. And we have Nissan, we have Adele, the salon manager, and myself. And then mm-hmm. we also have a receptionist. So seven service providers and four people to yep. get everything done on the back end, basically, right? So um, with that, I feel like it's in in small salons. I feel like that is something that, you know, is not always present. Um, you know, enough help on the back end to get everything going um with such a small
1: team. Well yeah, but I mean with that comes its own challenges. I mean a, a, a culture can sometimes be more easily formed with a very small team because you're all working together, but yeah. you know, 11 actually becomes that that awkward number where it's not so big that the culture's endemic, but you've got to get everyone playing along. So you know, like you say, it's clearly been a journey. What What would you say is some of the highs and the lows along the way for you that kind of really stand out?
0: Know, you probably just saw us uh, both smile at the same time. I did. You both started
1: laughing. I was like, okay, this is some good stories coming. I can feel well, it.
0: We have stories for days, but, you know, I had to really change my focus uh, and the way I think about things too, because uh, my, the last job that I had, I had 120 employees. And Oof. Um, uh, managing a contact center and holding people accountable, it's different when you hold someone accountable and uh, they decide that this is not the right type of uh, work environment for them because they're held accountable. You know, you take two, three uh, uh, employees out of your team, you're still 117 employees. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, so. So the, the, but but in, in a small environment, it's not the, it's not the same. Not only that, it's not a corporate environment. It's it's they're, they're artists, you know, and with artists, the approach has to be different. Um, and so I had to really figure out a way, okay, so this is a different kind of environment and uh, we have, the approach has to be different. So I really grew my, you know, as as a person, as, as someone that kind of evaluates these important decisions, whether someone is a good fit, I really had to change a lot about how I view things. Um, and then... Uh, too, uh, it's it, it, the other part of that too, it's making sure that we're, we we it, we hire the right people. Mm-hmm. What does that hiring process look like? And making sure that we pick the right person, even though if we have to grow slower, picking the right person that will add to the culture that we're trying to establish. Absolutely. I love that. And I think, you
2: know, just everything that he was saying, um, it it really, I don't know, it, it's perfect. Like you were saying, the, the way that we work together, because we can kind of bounce off of each other, you know, his strong points help me and my strong points help him, um, as far as like kind of just working through everything that needs to, you know, needs to happen in this long.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's so interesting the way that you guys work together. There's, there's a book, I don't know if you've heard of it called by Gina Wickman called get a grip. Um, yeah. and it, it's, it, it's a really interesting book there's actually two there's there's I can't remember which way it was one of them is the the sort of the management book like you'd read a a self-help book kind of thing, but the other one that goes with it is actually a story. and it's a story that explains the the management book and it's really interesting because he makes a point that the perfect company has three people at the top, um a visionary who's the sort of person who's a, a little bit the dreamer, but the one that kind of can step away easily, isn't bothered about the day-to-day at all, but kind of comes up with the, the ideas. Then there's the the executor who kind of makes it actually happen. But then there's the, there's the, I forget what he calls it, either the connector or something like that, but there's the, that day-to-day person who like just takes the, the visionary and the executor and makes it happen. And that's you three with you two and, and Adele put together. So it's, it's, You're like a living embodiment of that book, which is really interesting. Um, so uh so staff, all about hiring the right people. What are two or three kind of you know golden rules that you developed over the time for hiring, would you say?
2: Um, I really, really, really like having a um I mean they used to call them working interviews, but basically we do one interview um it, you know, in person and then Mm -hmm. How that goes kind of determines on if we invite that person back for a secondary um, interview. And that's really like spending not just a few minutes or an hour in the salon, but, you know, most of the day, at least part of the day in the salon. And really, that has helped so much with getting to know um, that person, even if it's for that small amount of time. You can see things right away. Um, that will either fit or not fit within your culture, um, and that has helped helped me so much. You know, being a service provider on the floor, I can really tell. And then we also have our um, salon educator um, with them as well, so that she can kind of tell us, hey, I saw this, or I really like this or that, and it and that helps so much.
0: Yeah, and I think too, um, it's it, it's a two way it's a two way street because they also get to observe the team, the environment. And how everybody communicates with each other, um, how everybody communicates with each other in the break room, the colour room, right? And you can't just you, you can't you can't really cover all of that in a one-hour interview. Why right? is it no. possible to do it? Um uh, so this is where really them coming in and really experiencing uh, what the salon is about tells them if we're a good fit for them. It's a two-way street, you know, our Absolutely. our. If- our application when, when when you apply for a job on our site, it's a very casual application, but there's two questions on there. One question is, what why do you think MIST and so on would be the right fit for you? And then why do you think you're you you know, um you're the right fit for us? Because it works both way.
1: Okay. I love that. So again, observe them in their actual work environment, kind of a 360 thing. So it's not just kind of, you know, let me see how you work with a client here. It's like how you are in the break room and everyone and interact with everyone else. So really kind of put them in that environment, I guess. Cool. I love that. Okay. So, um, so we've talked about the building. We've talked about, uh, the, the decision to really kind of specialize and focus on the guest experience and hiring the right team to do that. So come on, there must've been some sort of real kind of challenges along the way. What kind of stick out as you as as something that really kind of, was there a point where you were like, it's just not worth it. <laughs> Let's okay. go get a job. Was there anything like that?
2: Absolutely. Um, I mean, do you want
0: to speak? To yeah, I can. Yeah. Come on, uh, give it. Yeah. Give us an example. Yeah. So, well, you know, uh, so going back to, I guess, the experience. You know, we we put a lot of work. We already said into the salon. You know, the mm-hmm. the vibe, creating this atmosphere. You know, having a lemon tree and a lime tree outside of the salon, having the liquor And So, we've invested a whole lot of money and effort, and energy into. Creating the space. Now we're creating the team to be a part of that space, um, and so really, uh, the, the the thought in a salon environment, and everybody thinks about this. Uh, not everybody's, you know, maybe uh, ha, ha, not ever. Everybody maybe have the the courage to speak about it, but we do. And I, I'll tell you that the first fear is you're going to build someone up, you're going to create them into a successful uh, stylist. It could be because yep. they're talented. Um, but in our uh environment we've we've hired people that were brand new out of school that we got oh, wow. we got their books uh uh filled within the first year like full like two actually three of the first hires we filled their books within one year completely it
2: was less than a year wow. it,
0: their booking rate at one point was like between 95 percent to hundred percent right so wow so really Amy Amy's idea was, if we provide the right environment, the right space, if the compensation is there and we're setting them up for a success, they won't need to leave and uh, they won't need to look for another salon home. They won't need to be an independent stylist because they're in a good environment. The leadership team is there to support them. So all mm-hmm. these things will speak volumes to on my end, I was like, no, we need a contract that if they, if we, if we bring them on board, we have to have some kind of non-compete so that, you know, now they have, they have a full book. They can go across the street and uh, do booth rental or open up their salon. And, you know, Mm -hmm. now we've invested all this time and energy and now kind of, you know, that person walks out, we're left with, you know, the gap to, to fill again. So, but Amy, Amy said, you know, I just just don't think it's the right thing to do because if we really do things differently, if we won't have a need for this kind of non-compete contract and She's experienced salons where, when we first got married, um, uh, I remember like one of the salons. She she would cry right before she would go into the salon because of the environment, you know. Wow. And I felt so bad. It, it's it's. But but she she weathered those storms, and but she but that taught her what not to do and what right. kind of uh, leader not to be. And so she thought, if we have that kind of right mindset, we won't need it. So we went with that. I said, okay, you know. Oh, wow. Okay let's go with that. So, with that. you know, uh, fast forward a year after exactly what I told you, we got these three girls booked up. Um, uh, they, yeah, they walked out a year in. <laughs> so, um, and they, they became book runners yeah.
2: so, oh, man.
0: <laughs> and, and that was, that was a little painful. Um, but it, it, it was a lesson learned. So, yeah. Uh, guess what happened afterwards, Adam?
1: <laughs> we- yeah, I reckon you probably got you got the contracts out there, Nissen. And, uh... We did. We did. And so th- th-
0: this goes back to that kind of question is, what does it take to get to that point where people yeah. will sign the contract? Because that's scary for someone, you know, to sign a contract, yeah. contract, you know, so really we've made it fair to where we bring someone on board. They don't sign the contract until they're 30 days um. Is up, and so right. they get to fully be immersed and see the highs and the lows and the good and the bad days before they say, "Okay, this is the right environment for me," or "No, uh, I, this is not the right environment." And so this is how we ended up uh, implementing the non-compete agreement.
2: Another like kind of storm that we weathered is when we did transition into a um, you know a specialty salon. We had to talk to those clients that were no longer fitting in the mm. those services
1: Ooh, awkward. That
2: was a, yeah we got some you know long emails and, some, <laughs> some, and, and yeah so you, you know you have the sad and then you have the mad and you have the bad and the ugly and then you have mm-hmm. the good I, you know I had a lot of clients um that had followed me for years, and um, you know, when I had to have that conversation with them, I was the one crying, and they were the ones saying, "I'm so proud of you. You did so good, and I'm not mad at you." Um, and then we had others that were just, you know, very not happy. Um, yeah. But Adele, again, going going back to going back to her, she she really, 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 really helped with that and um, made it a more smooth transition.
0: Yeah, and and so, I think, too, uh, it, it's, it's one of those emotional decisions because yeah. uh, we fully acknowledge that some of these guests that we're saying, look, we appreciate you. You made us what we are, but we no longer provide the services that you used to come in yeah. for. That's a very hard decision. There's a lot of emotions there. And mm-hmm. we realize that it's not it's not the easiest of things to communicate and it's not just a business decision. You know, you could say, Oh, it's a yeah. business decision. We have to do But it, in a salon environment, it's not right. So, yeah. You've
1: got these personal relationships with people. It's, it's, it's a difficult move. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. So so no, that's, that's kind of where we went back to, okay, so if that's what you want, what does it take to get to that point? Right. Mm-hmm. What, what does it take to get it done? So um, Adele uh, uh, suggested that, why don't we, you know, figure out a way to, partner up with other salons that we know can provide a good experience that they're used to and see if we can transition some of these guests over to them because it'll grow their business, it'll grow their stylists, and we can provide the formulas, we can do whatever it takes to make that transition as smooth as possible because, you know, we don't look at other salons as competition, not because we're the best, you know, salon. There's plenty of good salons in Louisville. We're just Now, a specialty salon, and we do want other salons to succeed uh, because they have the love of the industry. And we, anybody that promotes the industry, they're partners, not competition. So, yeah. um, And and, uh, Adele called one of the salons that we, uh, you know, said this is going to be one of those salons. And they thought she was just kind of playing a prank. How would you bring,
1: you know, (laughs) we'd like to send you some clients. Is that okay?
0: Yeah so, yeah. so, but, but that's, 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 that's what did it.
1: So that's how we weather that storm. That's such a smart idea. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that because I've gone through that with clients where we've made a change and, you know, they've, they've got all, Oh, but you know, I've been working with Mrs. So-and-so for years and I'm like, okay, well, businesses have to change. They have to evolve and this is going to happen. But there is all that always that opportunity. Of, yeah. Let's, you know, let's do the right thing by Mrs. Smith and, you know, say, I'm very sorry, we're not going to do this anymore, but we have found you somewhere else to go. And, you know, that's doing right. Like doing right by yourself, by her. And if you can help out another salon as well. So I think that's, that's a genius move. It sounds like everything you do is considered. And, you know, really what's, how can we make this great and work for us great and work for the team great and work for our, our clients as well. And that's kind of what's really set you apart. Amazing. This is, this is fantastic guys. Now this is not necessarily what we're talking about here, but I, I, I think my audience would kill me if I didn't actually ask you if, What are your tips then on, on getting yourselves and uh, your team fully booked? If you're able to get them fully booked so quickly, you know, what are your, what are your top tips on getting new clients into the business?
0: Really a big part of this being a specialty salon is how do we become a specialty salon and be the best at it? And how do we get a reputation for being the best at it? I, I know Amy can speak, you know, for that. I don't know if you want to add more details to that.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely um, one of the main things. Um, We get a lot of referrals, you know, as most salons do, you know, um, that's number one, number one is is getting referrals. Um, Nissan does a lot of our um, back-end advertising through social media. And then just having a social media presence, I think that... um, Honestly, I myself included, a lot of salon owners are just kind of tired of social media. And and we we wish it wasn't as prominent as it is, but regardless, you have to do it. You know, gotta play the uh, game. Yeah. And, you know, obviously all the other back-end things, um, Nissan handles like our website SEO um optimization and um, you know, Google is still relevant. It's not just, yeah, it, totally. it's, it's not just um social media. But I think that the number one thing for us is just providing that excellent customer experience and then mm-hmm. letting it do the work. um because if you yeah. if you have happy clients, you'll have referrals and you'll have reviews, totally. and you'll have you know great photos to post, and you'll have all of the above, and that'll just kind of trickle everything else in.
1: But I'm guessing that specialization means it's very clear yeah. what, you know, who your clients are. So when they find you, they know exactly, okay, that's exactly what I want yeah. and you stand out for that. So it's not a case of, oh, you're a, you're a kind of a, uh, an all services salon. So they're like, oh, I could go there. Or I could go there. Or I could go there. You're, you know, laser focused on that specific thing that you do with high quality clients and reviews. And it just makes it an easy choice, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and then the other part, you know, one of the things Amy always wanted me to do is to make sure that we can portray uh, accurately out into the world. What does that mean to be a specialty salon? And what does it mean to be experts in this field? And so I've had to really focus heavily on being able to market it uh, according to our vision. Uh, So some of the things that we've done is uh, like the extension certifications. Um, we're, we're the only one that holds so many certifications, and so we portray that in our marketing. We, we, and not only that we hold these certifications, if a stylist uh, uh, wants to uh, get certified in some new uh, extension method, the salon 100% covers for that. Or, we we yeah, coloring. Or coloring. Or, yeah. or anything. Yeah. So, so we really, we we invest heavily into the education piece. And as a salon, which is very different from other salons, we cover that up training, that certification, um, and all costs associated with it, whether it's locally or if we have to send them to another state. You know, we pay paid for flights, hotel tickets, because if we're experts, that's what it takes. It takes sometimes mm-hmm. sending someone to another state to get the certification.
2: Um, I just speaking to that a little bit more too um what I've noticed is extensions have become very popular it's it's no longer yeah. a specialty salon service uh, many stylists do it many salons do it um and that makes it a little harder to stand out when when I first started doing extensions you know 11 12 years ago I mean as soon as I started showing my work as soon as I started you know doing it the clients just Came, you know, because it was like, oh, finally, someone who knows what they're doing. Amazing, you know. <laughs> um, and now it's a, it's a lot harder to stand out because every salon has someone or you know multiple stylists that that does extensions, um, specifically hand tied extensions. And um, I think another thing that makes us stand out is. Not only with the the hand tied extensions, we do a lot of those. that's what we focus on, but we also do other methods. Um, and sometimes, you know, as much as I personally love the hand tied extensions, not everybody loves them. Um, and yeah. a lot of, a lot of stylists are not trained in other um, extension method methods or techniques. And um, if, if they are it's few and far between, um, and so I think just having multiple, you know, different choices, we do also crown extension. Um, so, um, for those who are, um, losing hair and thinning, um, mm-hmm. so we just have so many options available. And I think that that
0: makes us stand out a lot. So That's of... uh, really focused on making sure the consultation is thorough. Oh, yeah. okay. That's yes. Cool. We have such an extensive uh, process, you know, uh, for what it means to provide quality consultation and disclose fully what it means to get the hair, maintain it, and keep yourself looking beautiful, right? So so that process is, we've really ironed out the process to where uh, when someone walks through the door, they know exactly what to expect, um, exactly what's going to be done, and what it would take for them to maintain, you know, this kind of look.
2: Yeah, we've had um, we've had you know guests or potential guests really um, you know mentioned that they've had consultations elsewhere and they're just so excited about speaking with us because we just did we we went above and beyond in the consultation, and that's again part of our customer service um, mm-hmm. or customer experience. And, um, I think that, you know, having, having something, having a consultation is just like so basic in our industry. Um, but a lot of times, a lot of us forget that it is just so key in that. customer Yeah.
0: Experience.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like every single stage of the process you've gone, right. How can we take this part and elevate it? How can we make this not just something that we have to do? but how can we make it as good as it can possibly be to the point where, you know, even your clients are excited about the consultation that they get. Um, and, and clearly that's what makes you stand out for everything. There's there's, there's two key points I just want to touch on. And uh, something you mentioned earlier on, uh, Nissan, is in terms of um, re-evaluating what you do. Clearly to stay at the top of your game as everything else shifts, you've got to keep reevaluating. I'm curious to find out for you guys, what what drives that? Do you kind of have like, I don't know quarterly, half yearly. What can we do better? Meetings, or is it something that kind of constantly comes up?
0: Yeah, it's 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 all of those. So it's it's, <laughs> it's but, both. Yeah. this is his favorite time. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. So um, yeah, again, going back to uh, kind of like my my corporate background, um, and, and uh, really making sure that we're connecting with with employees. Uh, you have to spend time with them. You right. and the only way to spend time with them. It's not in a public setting, not quickly in the whole passing in the hallway, not in the break room while they're trying to eat real quick so they can then service their next guest, but it's really dedicating that one-on-one time where it's away from the, you know, the, the the hectic uh day-to-day activity and really spending time with them about, okay, what do you need from us? How are you doing? Um, what are some things that you would like uh, help in? Um, you know, and so. Uh, we we look at numbers, so that's one thing I do. And then um, you know, also on the on the education side, Amy discusses you know like some techniques and what they're doing good at or what they can improve.
2: So we we definitely sit down you know with the team um, once a month individually and then we have team meetings once a month but then on the back end like management side we also meet weekly um (laughs) and nissan um, puts together excel um sheets for
1: every
2: every every month and then quarterly and then um yearly as well
0: but 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 it's not just excel sheets because i've made them into like more of like pie charts and graphs Yeah. At home. They, so you know, I've got really good at making sure I'm visualizing the the numbers in a PowerPoint presentation. So now those that are visual <laughs> learners can really see if we're doing a good job or we need to maybe tweak some things.
1: Cool. So the ideas come from the team, the ideas come from the client, the ideas come from you guys. Uh, they get they get they get run through the spreadsheet system to make sure that they're going to make sense. And then again, do you, do you, when it comes to implementation, do you have certain times of the year where you implement changes, or is it again you know? if it's a go, we just do it as soon as we can.
2: Um, I've actually, um, we've kind of done it kind of um, for the moment. Sometimes we're like, oh, we really need to implement this change. We think about it. We work through the process. And then we, the next team meeting comes around, we talk to the team about it. And then the first of the next month, we put it into action. Um, But we've also spoke about, you know, kind of, as we grow, the bigger that we get, um, the more stuff going on. Um, we really try to focus on having, um, more time in between the thought and then the implementation implementation because honestly, like sometimes it, it's so quick that it gets done and it gets done well. Um, mm-hmm. but it could be better. And so, okay. um, I've actually talked to Nissan about that, you know, just recently, Hey, let's put together, okay, when is this, when's the next price increase? You know, um, it, it doesn't have to be an act set date, but this is when we're going to start talking about it. And this is when we're going to get it figured out. And then um, if it still makes sense, this is when we're going to implement it. And then when are we going to do this? Or when are we going to do that? And then have that kind of um, calendared out um, for the next year. And I think um, just because of our growth, we we kind of need to start setting those um timeline yeah. versus just can, saying this is the idea
1: let's do it yeah it's like as the ship gets bigger it gets harder to, to steer so you need kind of you need to kind of know a mile back that you're going to be turning uh the corner because it gets it's bigger i get that so then um clearly you're not done you know clearly you get an award and you go okay how can we do even better than this so if it's not giving away any kind of uh secret plans or, or trade secrets you know what do you see as, as the next kind of goal iteration change that you're going to be focusing on yeah
0: yes yeah. so, amy you want me to speak to yes yeah. okay so um we we have these long-term goals and then we have more by what we call uh, short-term goals right mm-hmm. so um in the short term some of the things that we're working on right now is uh what we would call an effortless guest experience we're oh. working on a strategy right now to to recreate what it means uh, to have a great experience in the, in kind of this new world that we're in. Um, whether it, you know, um, whether it's, you know, how do guests get checked in, checked out? How do they get coffee? How do they get champagne or wine? How is that delivered to them? Oh, all those details. It just, there's a lot there and to Mm -hmm. make it effortless. And you've probably heard this uh, saying it's, it's, it looks effortless, but there's a lot of effort that went into it to make it look effortless. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Our, our really next stage is to really push that effortless experience and make it where it's smooth and it's it's flawless. And we could have fires on the back end, but the guests will never know about it. And so okay. um, so th- that's kind of our next stage. Um and then two, uh we the salon program that we're using, um, it's one of the better programs, but we're also but we've outgrew the, the program and so now we're trying to figure out a way how to put an overlay over that program to do more and to accomplish more and to provide a better experience for our guests uh using this overlay and so some of the things that we're going to be introducing is where each station will have a tablet you know and okay. uh, that tablet you know will communicate to the color room to the break room to the leadership uh team so um, that's just what one of the small details um and then two you know we have a level system too yeah we have level one level two level three level four uh stylists and so I think the end goal is to get everybody to be that level four highly sought after stylist um and that's okay. more like the long-term strategy um and we we've, we've also you know because we we were a specialty so on um We we, we made sure that the extension hair that we brought in is high quality extension, high quality extensions. And we made sure that we kept it in stock. And so because we kept it in stock and in these quantities, we actually then had some uh, like what what I call partnering uh, partners in in the beauty industry that couldn't wait three days to order the hair, They, they would actually purchase the hair from us. And so wow. okay. we, we started distributing uh, at first, really just as, as, as a partner, like, uh, but now we've, we've grown to the point where um, we we want to distribute more of the hair to other salons. And so that's kind of where, uh, you know, we've, we, we've we already have a, we have a website, we have uh, a program to really recreate what it means to order hair and can we get it to mm-hmm. you that same day or next day. And so wow. um, that's our next, uh, stages really being able to do that for our partners, where they need hair today, they could possibly get it today, or you know, first thing tomorrow morning. And so that's kind of our next, yeah, our, our next way of leveling up.
1: I love it. So you're gonna you're gonna own the supply chain and uh, and control the supply, and uh, yeah, the world domination coming <laughs> coming from the salon, guys. Yeah. This has been amazing. I, it's been great talking to you about this, and and I, I think that the message we can go here is you know. Guest experience really makes you stand out, but there's always a little bit more you can do. Clearly, you've won awards for this and you're already going, but how can we make it better? So, uh, you know, hats off to you for that. Um, where I'm sure based on this interview, people are going to come and want and, and virtually check out the salon. Where, where can they check you out? What are your kind of social media uh, tags that we can find you?
2: Um, social media is just all at Emma Justine Salon. And then of course, um, on our website, you can also see some photos of the salon, um, Emma And then, um, our extension website is mintextensions.com.
1: Okay. So Emma Justine Salon and mintextensions.com. I'll make sure we put all those, uh, links in the show notes and in the podcast description as well. So you can just go click on your phone and, and get straight to those guys. Thank you so much for, for sharing the story uh, and spending the time with me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Adam. Yeah.
1: And uh, I'll keep it touch and speak to you again soon. Just goes to show, doesn't it? You can elevate any part of your business to number one priority and you can get there, but there is still more you can do. There's still ways to push those boundaries further to innovate and stand out. And when you do that, as Amy and Nissan have found, you cease being just another salon. You create your own category. You're seen as an entirely different thing, something truly unique in your area. But more importantly though, you attract the clients that are right for you. The ones who are looking to be the number one focus and they're happy to pay for it too. And it also repels those simply looking for a deal or a quick discount. So you don't even need to worry about them anymore. So I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode and you can resonate with some or all of Nissan and Amy's story. Nothing was handed to them. They had their challenges along the way. And in a 40 minute interview, there's no way we can pack in all of the hard work and the stories and the setbacks and the challenges that they had along the way. But that's why this industry is all about passion. At least that's how people start. And that's how we get through a lot of these challenges. But with a single focus, a single KPI, you could say the hard work really does pay off. The dream gets realized. And then in Amy and Nissen's case is on to the next one, or at least the next level of that challenge. So that's it for today. As this episode is going out, it should be just a couple of weeks before Christmas. So if you're listening then or now, if you followed my how to make the most of Christmas guide, I hope you had a wonderfully profitable December. I have loved receiving all the emails from people saying that they've had the best November that they've ever had in their business. Keep on going through December and I promise you December will look super strong too. And then when you get there, pop me an email and let me know. Adam at beautybusinesspodcast.com. I'd love to hear how you've got on. Now, no matter what though, I wish you a very Merry Christmas, wherever you are, whatever you're doing and whoever you're doing it with. I hope it's a time of joy for you. And if you're listening to this episode later on, then I don't know, happy Easter, maybe even happy birthday. But I will see you again very soon in the next episode. You've been listening to the Beauty Business Podcast. My name is Adam Chatterley. And if you've enjoyed this show today, then you must make sure you don't miss another episode. Just click subscribe in whatever podcast application you are listening to this on to be notified when a new episode is released. And if you'd like even more help starting, growing, or scaling up your beauty business, then just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash help. And there are a number of resources right there to entertain, enlighten, and assist you in your business journey, no matter what stage you're at.